Hey everybody, it's Kelly Cooper and welcome to episode 239 of the Life Made to Order podcast. The number one reason why it's so hard to change, and that reason is we don't want to. Shocker. On one hand, it might seem like, what? Of course I want to change. I devote my whole life to this spiritual journey and I'm, I want to manifest this and that and I spend all day every day trying to learn techniques to change my vibe and I'm taking all these actions to make this happen. Of course I want the change. I want to change. I want my life to change. But um, like I've talked about a lot before, our egoic human mind, the thought system by which it abides, it's pretty dysfunctional. And it creates a lot of fears and it believes a lot of things that actually make us quite resistant to the change that we seem to want on the most surface levels of our mind. Again, because we react so negatively to our current circumstances and we appear in a lot of ways to be doing a lot of things to try to change our life and our circumstances, whether it's action or quote unquote energy work or personal growth work in terms of our inner world. Again, this idea would seem like, no, that's not true. Of course I want to. But again, we have to remember that we're dealing with uh, that part of our mind, that these changes are, are not so welcome. We actually don't want to change. And if we don't want to do something, we're not going to do it. And again, a lot of these self-sabotage, it might not be conscious. A lot of times for a lot of you, it might be super conscious and you might be very aware that you're doing it. And then you're thinking, scratching your head, like, why do I keep fucking everything up for myself? What am I doing here? That's why I like to talk about the egoic mind a lot, because in terms of personal growth, spirituality in general, LOA manifesting in particular, understanding that the root of all of our discord is coming from this dysfunctional egoic mind and it's and how it thinks and and it's the root of of all, all of these problems. So when we understand that that's the root of the problem, we see, oh yeah, I need to just go within my mind and pay attention to what's going on there. And then everything else will tend to work itself out. All the things I'm confused about, if I get into a, a better state mentally and emotionally, I'll be able to think more clearly. I'll be able to hear the guidance more clearly. Uh, that I'll, I'll take the actions that need to be taken. I won't have to figure stuff out as much anymore. I'll just know what to do intuitively. A lot of the problems you have with your relationships, you'll find them just working themselves out and you're manifesting completely different versions of people, even though it befuddles you because you're like, they're actually not any different, but somehow they're totally different. Well, at least when they're around me, all right, all of that stuff, if we go in the mind to just pay attention to what's going on in the mind, all the other stuff tends to work itself out and you have to participate in the process a lot less than you probably think you do now. Uh, but again, we have this resistance and that mind. And when we start to see that the dysfunction of that, that part of our mind, that part of ourselves, a lot of these things that we do that seem confusing or self-sabotaging, or I don't get why this is so hard, I, I appear to be trying very hard, then we start to see all of this stuff that we're doing and the resi- it all starts to make perfect sense. It's like, oh, of course I'm not going to change if I actually don't want to. And, and I've talked about this a lot before, you know, there, when we start to really realize that the problem is just the mind and what the mind is doing and that we're just been basically doing it to ourselves, not in a blame yourself, it's all your fault kind of way, but in an empowering, taking ownership kind of way, that can serve as a huge emotional energetic reset because when we're not recognizing the problem is ourselves and it's just within our own mind and that we're consciously choosing against our happiness we're consciously choosing not to embrace ideas that would make us feel better and that would improve our lives and improve our vibe and manifestation if you will 
then we're blaming it all on these other external forces that would probably seem to be out of our control and that we can't do anything about. Or it's, again, it's some big mystery and we can't figure out what we're doing wrong. And all of that feels really badly. But when we realize, oh, it's just me, again, there's that automatic emotional reset because all of the stories you've been telling up until that point about why it's the economy or the government or your family or your childhood or your ex-husband or your job or your this or your that, it's like, oh, it's none of those things. And me thinking it was all of those things made me feel really, really badly. Oh, if it's just me and the main agent of change is just changing my mind, decision's a mechanism of mind. It's not a mechanism of action. So if it's just the mind and it's a choice, I have total control over that all the time. Nobody can choose for me. Nobody can keep me from choosing. Again, there can be a huge emotional reset there because it's just like all of the heaviness that came from thinking was all these other reasons why you're having a problem. You're incapable. There's something wrong with you. You're uh, not good enough. There's, you're so irretrievably broken in some way. There's no hope for you. Or again, there's some external factor that you're blaming. All of that, again, that feels really terrible and that you think you can't do anything about any of that stuff. So I guess you're just shit out of luck. All of that starts crumbling away when we bring it back to ourselves and we're like, oh, it's just me. Again, not in a blaming, it's all your fault, you deserve it kind of way because you've been doing it to yourself, but in an empowering way of like, oh, if it's just me, I can change me. Because if the problem is just my mind and then I've not been engaging in the conscious choice of deciding which thought system to abide by, egoic or spirit, or again, whatever words you like to use for those ideas, oh, that's that feels good. Because it felt bad to think it was all these other things outside of me and all these other people and external factors that I have zero control over. It felt bad to think that there's just was inherently must have just been something broken or deficient about me. And I just had no hope. That felt really bad too. Again, it's just everything's happening because it's all about what's happening in our mind. And a lot of us, the frame of mind we're in now, we're not changing because we don't want to change. We don't want to embrace these different ideas. Because it's scary in, in a million different ways. You know, I talked about this, you know, in my last podcast about, you know, we're presented with a thought system that offers us a way out of our suffering because our suffering is coming from our mind and our perception. And spirit comes along is like, yeah, I have a whole, I have a whole other thought system here that like, I have really different interpretation of what's happening in the world and what everything means. I have a really different interpretation of you. I have a really different interpretation of your life experiences up until this point. I have a really different interpretation of a lot of the stuff that's happening to you now that's really challenging you and, and making you upset. And it's like, and if you just are willing to think like me, I could help you. I can like, if you open the door for me even a little bit, I can help you change your mind. I can't make you. I can't force you, but I can help you. I could do a lot. I could send you a lot of guidance and I might share in a little bit of experience I had yesterday. That's a good example of this. Um, but anyway, so what got me thinking about this topic in particular, well, it's something I think about a lot because I think about how it's just our mind and our, the core of this journey is just conscious choice between these thought systems at the, at the root is, uh, as a lot of, you know, I mentioned, I, I study a course in miracles and there was a passage I had read, uh, I think probably like a week ago, I read like a, a section every day. And it was one of those things where, and a lot of you probably had this experience, it's something you've heard a lot, but it doesn't sink in. There's a lot of things we hear throughout this journey that we're not quite ready to really internalize more deeply, that we really aren't contemplating. It just kind of gets filed away in the, yeah, 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 I know, one of the, one of the million ideas that we uh, pick up in this journey from you know different 
things that we study. And then again, we're not really doing anything with it. And this for me was one of those things where reading it, the idea presented was like, oh yeah, like I, yeah, I kind of get that. But the way it was worded where I am in my own journey, again, something just clicked more deeply and I've been thinking about it a lot. So I want to read it. And that, like I said, it kind of inspired what I was talking about here about, it's kind of like, we're kind of just not, we're not making that firm decision consistently to, to change our thinking. So this section is, um, the section is called the branching of the road. When you come to the place where the branch in the road is quite apparent, you cannot go ahead. You must either go one way or the other. For now, if you go straight ahead, the way you went before you reach the branch, you will go nowhere. The whole purpose of coming this far was to decide which branch you will take now. The way you came no longer matters. It can no longer serve. No one who reaches this far can make the wrong decision, although he can delay. And there is no part of the journey that seems more hopeless and futile, futile, or futile, I'm not sure how you say it, than standing where the road branches and not deciding on which way to go. So like I said, this idea of we come to a point where we really have to decide, okay, you know, where the rubber meets the road kind of idea of we've, we've learned a lot. We have more than enough information to get us started on the path in a genuine way. There's more than enough things we can practice applying practically and in a genuine way. There's more than enough ideas we can start contemplating more deeply in the, uh, with the expectation of more deeply internalizing them and not just being these intellectual uh, things that we just play around with. Because it's easy to forget the purpose of this journey is not an intellectual pursuit of like gathering knowledge. All of this knowledge is useless if we don't apply it. The whole point of learning everything we're learning is because we do want to change. We think, yeah, I can be happier. I have all these bad feeling thoughts and these things I think about myself that feel bad. And, and again, these teachings offer me a way out of all of that. They give me another way of looking at myself and at the world that's not painful. That would give me the peace that I seek. That would allow me to move forward and pursue different goals I want to pursue or make certain changes in my life or improve my relationships, improve my relationship with myself, with my body, improve my health, improve my, right? There's always, we're drawn to all this because we want something to be different in some way. We want ourselves to be different in some way or else we wouldn't feel drawn to do any of this because we wouldn't, again, that contrast is a motivator, but that pain, we don't want it being the driver, of course, because that's, that's where we run into problems. But right, so this, this section talking about we can't make the wrong decision but we can delay making the right one. And that's this idea, right, of we, we study a lot of stuff and a lot of us, we might be very well versed in all these different ideas. And someone can be an expert on A Course in Miracles or Taoism or Buddhism or Kabbalah or Ram Dass's teachings or whatever it is, right, or some Indian guru's teachings and be able to expertly you know, say, this is what it is, and this is my thought system, and this is what I believe, but then we're not really living it. We're not, we haven't really fully committed to the ideas. There's still a lot of resistance. And like I said, there's that resistance because on some level, we find these ideas kind of scary. We're very entrenched in certain types of ideas, and even though they're very painful, we still believe that that's true. These things are true, and that these spiritual perspectives sound silly or dismissive or callous or unrealistic or whatever, right? And like I said in the last podcast, ultimately at the end of the day, we can all choose to believe what we want to believe. 
we can look at the world and based on how the world appears, a lot of our egoic beliefs about the world appear to be very true. But the operative word there is appear because spirit thought system would say, yeah, just because something appears to be a certain way, that's not the way it actually is. And what I'm trying to tell you is those appearances are false. And then again, there's that choice of like, oh, well, spirit thought system would tell me that all these things I see that seem so terrible and make me feel so badly and angry and scared and feel all this hate towards all these other people and feel like a victim and feel hopeless and despondent. Spirits coming along and telling me, oh yeah, there's a, I have a way of looking at things where like, you wouldn't have, you wouldn't feel any of that stuff anymore because the beliefs making you feel that way, you wouldn't believe those things anymore. What I would ask you to believe, what I would ask you to consider as the truth would take all of that away because obviously our feelings don't come out of nowhere. We're looking at things in a way we have a filter set up that's creating some sort of emotional response. And the egoic thinking is always negative. It's looking at things through that filter will always feel badly. So this idea of, you know, you know, going back to what the book was saying, how, you know, we come to a point where we have to, we can't, we realize we really can't keep going as we were, but if we don't, but we can delay going the direction we want to go and a lot of people when they talk about feeling stuck this is for a lot of people this is a core aspect of that of that stuckness is you've reached a point where living the way you've lived and believing the things you've believed it's just like there's a tension building and then you to really move forward would have to be you'd have to make a, a kind of a bigger leap to really embrace these other ways of thinking and doing things that would seem really uncomfortable, but that you know need to be done. But because your mind's so resistant, it chooses not to do that. And then again, for a lot of people, that's a, one of the big reasons where they, they have those periods like, oh, yeah, I feel really stuck. Because getting unstuck means doing something that you really, really don't want to do. And some people might be very conscious of this, and they, they are aware that they're resisting something. Other people, they might not be so conscious of it yet, and it seems more of like a mystery and more nebulous of like what the problem is. But regardless, either way, it's resisting change. Again, yeah, one of the reasons why it's so hard to change is because we actually don't want to. There's a lot of beliefs we have about the world, especially, that feel very, very painful. But again, but because of what the, how things appear to be, what we have, have observed happening in our collective experience at large, the things we believe appear to be very, very true. So we, and this idea of letting those ideas go, even though it would seem welcome on some level because it would be a huge relief to not carry around this hatred and feeling like a victim and feeling scared and angry and at the mercy of, you know, uh, all these outside forces and, and believing that you can't be happy unless certain things change in the world politically or whatever it's like it would seem welcome but we're really like a part of us we kind of not only are we entrenched in those ideas even though they're painful you know it's more important for us to be right that's a big part of it but a big part of it too is if we're honest we don't want to change because there's a part of us because the egoic mind has all this negative emotion we kind of like feeling it in a way and we like hating people People like hating Donald Trump. <laughs> they like hating uh, Republicans or they like hating Democrats and wh whatever. They like hating Putin or they like hating whatever. There's all this. So again, one of the reasons why we have a hard time changing is we actually don't want to change. We kind of maybe like some of the beliefs we have and we like how they make us feel on some level. Again, even though ultimately it feels bad, 
you know, it feels some, we can kind of get like, like a pleasure in it. Like maybe because if we feel like if we have a belief about something where we truly believe one side is on the right side of the issue and the other side, they're wrong and they're bad. They're a bigot, they're this, they're that. Uh, we like hating them. It's like, we like that because it's like, we're the, we're the, we're on the right side of the issue. We're the good guys. And I don't like them again. Right. So even though a lot of this is painful, a part of us likes these feelings and likes these beliefs because on some level we get some satisfaction from believing them. We like to judge. We like to think that there's good guys and bad guys and we're one of the good guys and they're bad. And we like, again, feeling like we're righteous. We're a lot of it too is addiction. We're addicted to negative emotion. So we are drawn to things that like negative, like you might get very passionate about a social issue or you follow the news a lot and it gets you all riled up, but it's like, you like, it's like, gives you like a fix, like you need it. Right. So again, the biggest reason why we have a problem changing is we actually don't want to change. And like I said before, and I've said it a lot, you know, when I talked about the last podcast, we, at the end of the day, we can decide whatever we want. We can decide that again, how the world appears to be is true and that there's all these different groups of victims. Women are victims, trans people are victims, gay people, Jewish people, black people, this ethnicity, uh, these sorts of uh, group of white people, poor white people, or whatever it is, right? It's like, whatever the group is, we, uh, on an, uh, again, it would appear to be very true that there's all these different kinds of victims, all these different combinations of victims and victimizers, the oppressors and the oppressed, the marginalized and the marginalizers. I don't know if that's a word, but you know what I mean, right? And again, appearances would suggest that that's very true. And we can decide that those appearances are actually an accurate representation and that all these different groups are victimized and they need everybody else's help and they can't fend for themselves. And these other people are bad that are trying to victimize them and make this law and do this and do that. And spirit right would come along and be like, yeah, I have a really different interpretation of this. I don't see victims anywhere. What I see is, for example, spirit in a situation like that might see, I see a lot of collective beliefs where we've decided certain groups are victims and it's just played out on a very large scale over a long period of time and we're all co-creating it together. And the people that see other people as victims that are compassionate and they're aware and they're this or they're that. It's like, oh yeah, your belief that they're victims is contributing to them being victims. So that's not good. Because if you see them as victims, that's going to contribute to that vibe and keep them as a victim. And that, we might be like, ooh, that, I don't know about that. I don't want to do that, right? And then other, another interpretation might be, right, like if you ever read a book like Radical Forgiveness and uh, he talks about a, a very common sort of idea of this idea that Again, appearances, what appears to be happening is very different than what's actually happening and that everybody is choosing their reality and everything that they're experiencing, a part of them wants to experience it. And everyone else that appears to be participating, all the people that appear to be the the victimizers in whatever different way, the shitty ex-husband, the government, the this or the, whatever it is, they're all just playing the role. So the quote-unquote bad thing happening to an individual person Again, on the surface, it would appear that they're a victim of something, sexism, or racism, or anti-Semitism, or whatever it is, right? Some ism, or phobia, or whatever, phobic, something. Spirit would be like, oh yeah, but there's a, some people believe that that, 
person on some level wants that experience. And everybody that, again, that appears to be victimizing that person is just playing their role. And you've probably heard that a lot, right? Like everyone here is just, you know, some people believe that, you know, everyone's just kind of coming here for different lessons and different things. And everyone's actually choosing their life and they're choosing what they want to happen to them. And again, everybody else is just playing a role in their, in their journey. So again, so the people that appear to be playing the role of the victimizer or the bad guy, they're just playing a role. So again, right, so in that interpretation, spirit would be like, okay, so you're seeing someone being victimized, but there's another interpretation where that person's actually experiencing something on some level they want to experience for their own growth. So they're not being victimized by anybody. Because to be victimized would be suggest that they're a victim of someone else's actions that they're not a party to or they don't want to happen to them and it's happening to them unfairly. But again, this interpretation would be very different, right? It would be like, no, that person wants to do it. So let's say, for example, again, abortion, I brought it up last time because I know it's a very charged issue. And that's kind of why I bring it up because I know it pushes buttons, you know, because it pushed some of my buttons. What was interesting with the abortion thing was... Right. It brought up, I think, for a lot of people and myself, too, because not even I'm not even some big I actually have a lot of conflicting feelings about it myself. Personally, I don't want to get too much into that. But but a part of me that's like the woman part of like they're victimizing women and taking away choice and blah, blah, blah. Right. It brought up all of this stuff about because what what's at the root of all of that idea is like that women are victims in all these different ways. And it's not fair. And again, spirit would come along and be like, oh, yeah, I don't see women as victims, right? So I'm not going to get too into that. But anyway, the, the example I wanted to give, right, using that example, right? So someone would say now with that law, a poor woman who doesn't have the resources to go to a state where abortion is legal and she's not like internet technically savvy where she wouldn't know about getting abortion pills online or something, right? Let's say she will now be forced to carry an unwanted pregnancy to term and she's already poor now. She's going to be even poorer now because she has a kid. So, right, so the appearance would be that she's victimized because she's not allowed to make a choice that she used to be able to make. And because she's poor and all these other things stacked against her, it's all the fault of somebody else. And she's right. She's a victim of unjust laws and, uh, you know, uh, a society that doesn't provide for poor people, whatever. Right. So all these things. Right. But then let's say that example I used before where everybody's actually choosing their circumstances that interpretation of that woman would be she is having that baby not because she was an unjust victim of an unjust law and an unjust society where she didn't have the means to to take care of it and, and go get an abortion and these they should have never made a law that she couldn't get an abortion, right? It would be like, oh, and on her journey, she wasn't supposed to have the abortion. She was supposed to have the kid for whatever reason, right? So again, again, I, I bring up that that example specifically because I know it's emotionally triggering and I'm not doing it to like make people upset. I'm just doing it because these are the sorts of examples we have to be willing to play around with because the stronger the emotional reaction we have to something, the more strongly we believe in a victim victimizer mentality or uh, dynamic or whatever. That means that the stronger we feel, the stronger the painful belief is. So then if we want to feel better, we have to be willing again to look at things in a different way. And like I said before, we can reject that. And someone could hear that interpretation and be like, no, that's nonsense. And that's fine. 
But the other interpretation where this woman's a victim and everybody's a victim and nobody can fend for themselves and we need to fight for these people and they're oppressed and they're this and they can't, again, spirit would be like, oh, that's kind of a dim view you have of all these different groups of people. And again, if we're all collectively creating our reality, when we see other people as victims, we're creating that reality where they appear to be, right? So again, we have these different interpretations that are available to us, but we might not want to embrace them because in a lot of ways, we don't want to embrace them. Like if you feel very strongly about abortion, for example, and spirits trying to give you an interpretation where those lawmakers are not bad people victimizing women and pushing their religious beliefs of a minority on the majority or whatever it is that gets us all riled up about it, right? It's, it's spirit would be like, Oh, they're just your brother and, um, you know, like a teaching like a Course in Miracles, which is not the only teaching on non-duality, but this idea that we're all one. So it's like this idea that we're all separate people is like, you know, a teaching like that, for example, would be like, no, we're all one. So you're one with Republican lawmakers or you're one with Donald Trump or you're one with Kevin McCarthy or Nancy Pelosi or all these different politicians that you hate, right? Or worldly, like Putin or something. And we'd be like... Ew, no, I hate them. And again, we want it. Sometimes we hate, we want to hate. We like to hate. We like to feel righteous. We like to feel like we're the better ones. We like this idea of, the, we like that idea of, even though that world of duality causes us a lot of suffering, again, we, a lot, in a lot of ways, we might prefer that world of duality where there is right and wrong. There is good and bad. There are good people and bad people. There are things that should be happening and this should be this way and that's bad and that's wrong. We, you know, because the egoic thought system is, is totally based in judgment. So to embrace a thought system like spirit thought system, which is, you know, most spiritual thought systems in that sense, you know, they kind of have that common thread of that, like um, that non-duality to some degree, right? Like there's no such thing as good or bad, right and wrong. Everything is neutral here. So again, that would be another idea, right? That we could choose to embrace or not. Spirit wouldn't see good and bad here. It would be like, yeah, everything's neutral, and whether or not something's quote-unquote good or bad, that's a total value judgment of the egoic mind. And, again, we might be like, no, that's ridiculous to say that, like, everything here is neutral. Like, we, because as on the human level, we observe all sorts of things that seem bad. Some things seem really bad. Some things are terrible. Some things are horrific and catastrophic, right? The average human, to apply this, you know, absolutely... Um, you know, universally application all the time. That's most of us probably aren't going to do that. But again, that's an idea that is available to us if we so choose. And again, we might not be able to apply it like, you know, across the board. But it's again, it, these these ideas are available to us for the taking. Spirits like, yeah, I have this over here. I can't force you to take it. I can't make you believe it. At the end of the day, you get to choose. But we have that. And again, one of the reasons that we have a hard time changing is we actually don't want to change. We're very resistant to a lot of these ideas. And we can decide whatever we want, but a lot of you have probably seen the egoic way of thinking is very painful. When we think the outside world is the problem and the solutions therefore lie in the outside world, the problem is the world, so the solution is the world needs to change. That's a very, very bad feeling thought because the world is impossible in a lot of ways, right? That what we're looking for, the world will never, ever give us. And spirit, again, spirit would have a, a, an interpretation of like, oh, no, you don't need to change the world. You need to change your mind about the world. 
you just need to change your mind. All your problem is only your perception, right? It's like Byron Katie, I talk, I've talked about her a lot too. I'm a fan of her work, which she calls the work, right? It's just a series of questions exploring the mind, basically being like our only problem is our perceptions and interpretations. And if we explore them, we are, you know, there's an alternate, a quote unquote alternative thought system available to us that would not make us think those things anymore, which then in turn, we wouldn't feel a lot of the feelings we're, th we're feeling now because the feelings are coming from what we're thinking. They're coming from our perceptions. So, you know, like I said earlier, that's why I talk about the mind a lot, because that's the core of our problem is what's happening in the mind. It's our thinking. Right. So like, for example, with manifestation, right, I've always talked about energy and vibration, are just fancy words for feelings. So if our feelings are coming from our mind, then exploring our mind is really the only thing you need to do to quote unquote manifest. And if you like, and our minds are powerful, intention and focus is powerful. So if you set intentions and do tools and techniques to do specific things, you might find that that helps you. But at the core, it's really like for any consistent lasting change in your life, you really do, that's really all you would need to do is just work on the mind. Because if you, for example, if you're experiencing a situation right now that your egoic mind perceives as a problem and you're having a negative emotional response to it it's making you scared or angry or frustrated or stressed out or anxious or irritated or whatever spirit again there's a thought system where spirit would be like oh okay your only problem is your mind your feelings are a messenger for what's happening in your mind so everything you're feeling now all these bad feelings is giving you an opportunity to explore what's happening in your mind this problematic circumstance is a really great opportunity for you to grow and change and positively transform, clear your head a bit, get you a bit more clear thinking so you can hear the guidance more clearly, you can get a better sense of the next steps you want to take, you can manifest and let in opportunities, solutions, people that will help you, whatever, any external resources that are going to play a role, that'll make it easier to, they'll be able to show up more quickly and more easily, you'll recognize them more readily. And again, if energy and vibration are fancy words for feelings, manifesting wise, if you could feel better now, regardless of what's happening, that's going to be very good because you allowing, surrendering to what is and letting the situation be seen as a learning opportunity, an opportunity to go deeper within the mind and heal, then number one, it's not so bad. And number two, you get to feel better right away, which will lead to circumstance probably improving in some way. And at the very least, you get to feel better right away and nothing needs to change first. That's a really good system, I think. Imagine a belief system that will tell you that you can start feeling better literally immediately and not one thing has to change. Within a, within a literal second, just a, a shift in thinking or even just a willingness to consider thinking differently, that alone even would make you feel a little better in the moment. Spirit's like, yeah, that's my thought system. That's kind of what I do. That's what I can do for you. And again... But a lot of us, even though it seems very welcome, we're very resistant to a lot of these changes. We're scared of them because a lot of, you know, when, especially when people first get started on the journey, they might start realizing that if they change in certain ways, it might lead them to change certain things in their life that at least now in the frame of mind they're in now would seem very scary to change. They worry that what if it leads to me quitting my job or making some major life change or I'm 
probably, you know, your, maybe your relationship's not so great. And you know, if you probably traveled this path, you'd probably end up breaking up with your boyfriend. And right now in the frame of mind during that would seem terrifying. So that's another reason too, why we resist the change. Cause we're really scared of where the journey will take us. We don't know what it's going to look like. But that's true no matter what. Spiritual journey or no spiritual journey, nobody knows what their life is going to look like anywhere, regardless, right? You know, this we have this, you know, we might think we know what it looks like or we might think we can try to control certain things, but all that's basically an illusion, right? We don't really have any real control in any real sense of, of the word. So that's another reason, too, is we're afraid to change and embrace these things because we're afraid of what that would bring. I mean... Right now, we may be very unhappy and we might have a lot of painful stories about ourselves that have, you know, and it's created all these different aspects of our identity that we identify with that are very painful. And as painful as it would be, it's comfortable and it's familiar and who we would be without these stories, what that person would be like, how that person would move through the world, the types of decisions that person would make, the way that person would interact with other people. Oh, that's just a big giant question mark. And, as, and on the surface, it would seem like welcomes. Like, well, I don't want to be this way. I don't want to see myself as a victim anymore. I don't want this self-hatred I have for myself. I don't want to feel this way about myself anymore. All of these different stories I have that make me feel like I'm a victim or I'm unlucky or I'm, I'm, I can never get ahead or I'm always unlucky in love. Whatever the story is, right? It's like, I don't really like those stories. I don't like labeling myself with all those different aspects I don't like carrying around all those aspects of my identity and all those labels. But who am I without that? I've always seen myself as the person with the bad childhood that fucked up the rest of my life. If I'm not that person, I don't like feeling that way. I don't like thinking that my past has such a huge impact on me and I can't change. But like, who am I if that's, that's become such, you know, I, I posted a thought about this. I think I shared in my email too and on my social media you know, that's why our, that's why it's one of the reasons we have such a hard time letting go of a lot of the stories we have about our life, because these stories are so much more than just a recounting of events. They become a core part, they, they create a narrative that becomes, again, not just stuff that has happened to us, these external, these events, they become these aspects of our identity. So when someone's talking about all the bad stuff that happened in their childhood, they're not just recounting their bad childhood. They've now become the person with the bad childhood who's really fucked up now and as an adult. When someone's recounting all of their bad relationships, they're not just talking about all their shitty ex-boyfriends. They become the woman who always attracts men who treat her poorly and can never meet a good guy, right? It becomes, and again, even though these are not welcome identities and welcome labels, we're it's like, well, who am I if I'm not that? Again, we don't, we actually don't really want to make these changes. We don't want to make these changes in our self-image. We don't want to embrace these new ideas because for one reason or another, we just don't want to. And that's one of the reasons is it's scary of who, if, if I'm the person that really believes all of those things, if I'm the person that really loves myself, if I'm the person that really has genuine trust and faith in the universe or spirit or God or Jesus or whatever, that they're going to help me and support me and take care of me and provide for me. Who is that person? That person seems so alien. And for some of you, you might have gotten a taste of it. And on one hand, it felt good. But on another hand, it scared the crap out of you. And you ran right back. And you kind of shrunk back a little. And you're like, oh, yeah, no, I'm going to pull back on that a little bit. That was a little, felt kind of good and freeing, but it was also very scary. So that's another thing, too, for some people. Some of the fear might be you actually might have gotten a taste of this in your own life in some way. You made a really bold decision. You really 
changed your thinking on something that you really felt really strongly about egoically and then you just like kind of shifted and something an issue that bothered you a lot stopped bothering you and it kind of freaked you out a little bit and then like you know there's a bit of the ego backlash in some ways and maybe it pulled you back to certain behaviors or things that kind of re-entrenched that way of thinking or made you um, more skeptical of, of the other path and again you kind of pulled back you slowed it down a little bit so all of that fear, it's natural because that part of our mind is just so terrified of everything constantly. Fear is like its main driver. But yeah, if you're wondering why it's so hard to change, it's if in, in a lot of ways, it's because we don't want to. And like I said before, that's an empowering thing to realize. It's not a discouraging thing because you can choose. Right now, you're not choosing happiness you're not choosing the belief systems that will serve you you're not choosing the self-image that will serve you you're actively choosing the other thing because it's like there's a party that's like yeah i don't want any of that and that's a good thing because you can choose you you can choose to choose nobody can take that away from you and like i said it can serve as a very powerful emotional energetic reset because right now the one thing that is affecting everything, your own mentality, is the one thing your egoic mind is not taking into account in your struggles and in your, the state of your circumstances and what your life is like and why you are the way you are. It's all these other reasons that make you feel very discouraged and disempowered and angry and bitter and resentful and scared and discouraged or whatever. And then it's like, oh yeah, it's none of those things. I don't have a boyfriend right now, not because I'm a single mom and it's hard. No one wants to date a single mom. It's not because uh, I'm damaged goods because I'm divorced. It's not because I live somewhere where there's not a lot of people that are like me and, and I could date or because of how old I am or all these different things. It's just like, oh, yeah, I don't have because I don't want a boyfriend. I'm resistant to making the changes in my thinking that would help me manifest a relationship. I actually want to be single because being single feels safer. Oh, that feels a lot better because when I was thinking of all those other reasons, again, that I was too old, it's because I'm divorced, it's because I'm a single mom, it's because of where I live, not enough people are like me with their politics or their interests or this thing or that thing, or I'm not attractive, uh, I'm too heavy, I'm ugly, all these different things that, again, feel bad because you feel like you can't do anything about any of those things. it will be like, oh yeah, that's another thing too, right? Like it's kind of the same thing. A lot of things you don't have right now, it would follow. You don't have them because you don't want them. You're not changing because you don't want to change. Again, it, and, not, and this is not in a blaming yourself, it's all your fault kind of way. It's empowering because if you're the problem, you're also the solution because if the core of this work is just conscious choice between two different thought systems and it's like, oh yeah, this whole time, if I'm being honest, I've been choosing the egoic thought system. Some of those, and, and for a variety of reasons, whether it's like uh, the egoic, that just belief just seems really true for me, if I'm honest. And like I said, you could still stick with it. It's fine, but it'll just be really painful. So it's a good thing because then you're like, okay, well, I am presented with this other way of looking at things. feels a lot better to think that way. If I thought that way about things, it feels good to think the world doesn't need to change in order for me to feel better because it doesn't seem to be changing in the ways I want it to. 
And even when it does change in the ways I want it to, I just focus on a new problem or a new social issue or a new thing or a new this. I thought things would be better when that political party got into power, but they're not doing any of the things that they said they would do. They're doing a lot of things I don't like that they're doing. And they're letting me down. I thought they were it. How many people thought Joe Biden was going to be like the savior of America or something? It was, it was kind of funny, right? I was just like, it's all going to be the same shit over and over again. And I don't mean that in like a pessimistic, cynical kind of way. Well, maybe a little bit, but I just mean it more in like a, that spirit thought system perspective way of like, and the answer is not in the outside. It's not going to be in a particular political party. It's not going to be in certain laws. Right now, for example, if you're very invested in certain social issues and you really feel strongly that certain things need to change, whether right it's abortion or this issue or that issue, whatever it is, if you woke up tomorrow with your top five issues that most bother you and they were all changed and everything was functioning, the world was operating in those respects in the way that you think it's supposed to be, I guarantee you any relief from that would be short-lived. You'd focus on a new problem that was always there but just wasn't getting your attention because maybe you didn't care about it as much as the other problem. Or a whole new problem would arise, a whole new issue, a whole new thing would happen. Politician says something about some law they're going to pass. Like, oh my God, I can't believe that they're going to do that. Or some, you hear something, whatever it is, right? The answer will never be in the outside world. Because even if the world changed in all the ways you believe it needed to, which it probably won't, again, not in like that cynical kind of way, but just in the way of like, this world is like an impossible situation. It's run by a dysfunctional, egoic thinking on a collective level. It's, it does some interesting things, right? It's so again, spiritual teaching would tell you that doesn't matter. You don't need any of that to change. You could still feel better. Your problem again is not the world, it's through the way you're looking at it. It's like, oh, that would be that seems hard. I have a lot of really deeply ingrained beliefs about a lot of things. Again, not just in the world, but maybe in your own personal life about money or relationships or whatever that you, again seem very true. The spirit would be like, yeah, none of those things are true. This is what sh this is what I think is true and whatever, and be like, yeah. Might not be easy, and it might, but it's worth it, and it's an option available to you. But if we have to be honest with ourselves, a lot of us were not choosing. It's kind of like with that course, you know, the thing about the delay. A lot of us were just, you know, we know a lot, and we're just kind of in a holding pattern, <laughs> spiritually and emotionally, right? We're kind of delaying because we might know a lot of stuff. And it's just like, but we can delay whether or not we're going to really give these ideas our full-throated endorsement. And we're really going to try to to live this these teachings. And this this commitment is not necessarily a linear process where it's like every day you just get more and more spiritual and more and more advanced. In some ways it might appear that way. But for a lot of us, it's not that linear process. There might be periods where we feel like we'll perceive it as regressing. That's not what actually is happening, though. But there just can be, you know, I reminded me the other day of, I was kind of reading a book, and it was talking about this idea of embracing these different ideas and how there's, like, these different levels of awareness and, and, and whatever, and we can kind of bounce back and forth between them. And that, so that's, so another thing too, to think about with that full commitment and that it doesn't necessarily look like you would probably think it would look, we're like, you never ever again have a bad feeling or you totally, you care so much about some issue in the next day. You're like, I don't give a shit ever. I'm never going to think about this ever again. You might go through periods because we still have stuff that we're, we haven't uncovered yet. That's still out of our awareness. It's not quite there yet. And it, when it needs to be dealt with, it comes up. 
and certain things might trigger it. So you might be going along all great, but then a something, a social issue happens that really, like, again, the abortion thing, that brought up a lot of stuff for a lot of people, and it made them very angry, and it kind of sucked them into that world a little bit. And, or you um, experience something with your body, like you get have, you come down with some kind of illness, and, and you're feeling very unwell physically, and that kind of sucks you back, and it kind of brings you down, and it challenges you. Because, you know, the tricky thing about spiritual teaching is, you know, spiritual teaching is, is absolute. In that it says something and it applies to everything in this world. But again, like I said before, our egoic human selves, that absolute application, universal application of these ideas, is that's very challenging. We might find it's easier to apply certain ideas. Like if we were to say, yeah, our circumstances are never the reason why we're upset. It's our interpretation of the circumstances. And someone for a lower level, quote unquote, problem, we might be able to be like, yeah, I can kind of see that. I know I'm not really upset about, um, my mind is telling me I'm upset because I lost my job, but I know it's not really that. It's just like, there's a story about losing my job. That's making me feel badly. Like feeling like I'm incompetent or not good enough, or I'm scared. I'm not going to get another, right? It's not about the actual job loss. And we're like, okay, that's just fine. But then when something happens, that's much more seemingly dramatic to the human mind and more tragic or catastrophic, then that idea is like, we're not as open to that idea in that if you're husband or child dies suddenly and spirit would be like yeah when i say that you're i mean it for everything i mean it for something like that too actually not just like again the lower level offenses and but again most of us would be like yeah i'm not quite that perspective probably wouldn't be the top of mind perspective even for someone that's quite advanced because in the moment it would probably trigger all sorts of stuff especially if they're not some enlightened being, they probably had some degree of attachment to the loved one that died and they're going to be pretty upset, right? So again, so it's challenging in that, you know, this absolute application or we have these very entrenched ideas, but again, we have that choice. We could decide, I want to at least sincerely try. And like I said, it's not some necessarily linear process. So don't judge yourself if you appear to what your mind would say as regressing or judging yourself because a certain issue or life circumstance seems to really rustle up a lot of stuff. And then you want to like judge yourself for it or try to suppress it or whatever, or like do that, you know, what they call right, like spiritual bypassing and just kind of like deny it and like parrot some like spiritual teaching intellectual on an intellectual level that, you know, you, so you don't have to deal with it, you know, right. You don't want to like do any of that stuff. You just want to embrace it and, and it's fine. But again, there's always that, but once we make that choice sincerely, there will be a general, even if it doesn't always look like it, you're, you will be moving forward constantly, generally kind of right, like that branch in the road. You, uh, you stop going the way you came, you realize, okay, that's not working anymore. And once you, once you commit to that more fully, and there still may, might be some de degree of delay along the way, right, then that's fine. But that initial, like a lot of you might have experienced this already, you might have had a point where it might not have been an exact moment in time. It might have been something that was more subtle, but looking back on it, you can see there was a general time in your life where you realized you did you did come to that branch and you didn't delay and you, and you started traveling down it in a, in a more genuine way. And some of you might not have gotten there yet and you might be at that fork being like, okay, I kind of, Again, you can't really do it wrong. You can't do anything wrong, but like the book, right? You can delay. You can delay making that choice. And in the delay doesn't mean that 
remaining in that spot might meet some total stuckness or you won't advance at all. But you will, like, like I talked about, like a lot of that tension that people feel, that's a big part of it is they're resisting going down that path that they're aware of now to some degree that they might have stepped on and they're still in the very initial stages, but they're still kind of backtracking a little bit and kind of going back a little bit and thinking, yeah, I'm not sure about this. That's where all of that is coming from, right? It's just that we're kind of delaying that inevitable, like, thrust forward, right? Where we're really like, okay, I'm, I'm going to do this. And if you're not there yet, that's okay. But again, just be aware of, and again, not in a blaming yourself kind of way, any struggle that we're having is because we're not choosing in favor of the thought system that would solve all of these problems we have. Not only our external problems in our life, which are obviously just a reflection of what's happening in our mind, but all of our mental, emotional discord that, that's happening there too. Like spirits like, yeah, yeah, I can offer you a way out of, think like me and all of that shit will go away. And I could help you, but like I said, right, I can't force its help on us. It has no skin in the game in that sense of like whether or not we do it, spirits like I'm fine either way. So I have I have no, you know, I have no need to make you do any of those things. It doesn't affect me. I really want to help you, but right, I can't force that help. I can only uh you have to kind of invite me in and if you do then I can work really work some magic with you. If you're willing, right? We have to be willing to choose in favor of that thought system sincerely as much as possible. And most of us, we're not going to do it all the time, and that's fine. The goal is not about becoming perfect. Most of us are probably not going to become some enlightened, ascended master. That's, you know, pretty few and far between. But we can definitely travel in that direction pretty far and at least be more in that neighborhood of that thought system more consistently than in the neighborhood of the egoic thinking, right? So, yeah, I think that's it, right? The biggest reason we have problem changing is we don't want to change. And like I said, we don't have to. We can, again, we can look at the appearances of this world or the appearance of our personal life circumstances and what's happening in our own little corner of the universe or collectively or either way. And we can take it at face value and stick to the egoic thinking. And again, that's fine. Everyone can believe whatever they want. But there's a lot of pain in doing that. And for people that are aware of this new thought system now, like I said, when we're aware of that, we're kind of buying in, but we're still resisting really embracing it in like a genuine way. That's a lot of the tension that we're feeling is like we're kind of also kind of reminds me of the course talked about something about like with the egoic mind and the spirit mind, like we try to serve two masters and it's hard. Like we really can't, right? We try to like pick and choose the spiritual teachings we want to apply and then we still want to maintain egoic thinking about certain things because we want control or we have a specific goal or we find that on some level we think that thinking serves us better in, in a particular cir circumstance or whatever the reason right and we're kind of like have our foot in both worlds a lot and it's gonna create some tension and that's just part of the journey and it's fine but it's good to recognize that that's where that tension is is coming from because being aware of that i think will help people deal with it more effectively it won't bother them as much but yeah, that's it, guys. I hope you enjoyed this. Have a great day or night. And for more content, information about my products and coaching services, head on over to livelifemadetoorder.com. Yeah, that's it, guys. Bye-bye.